Is it a bad sign that the Olympics have not even started yet and I'm already tired of figure skating? <laughs> Is there anything worse than the Winter Olympics? Seriously, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, tune your guitar. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad... About... Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We discuss movie news, movie rumors, and those all-important movie rumblings, and then we break it on down for our chosen movie of the week. Make sure you stick around for the end of the show and check out our weekly recommends, and also check out our Twitter, as well as Mad About Movies Podcast. Brian, this week's chosen movie of the week is... This week we're going to be talking about the Coen Brothers inside Lewin Davis. If I had wings, What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. Solo act? No, I had a partner. Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge. George Washington Bridge? You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally. George Washington Bridge. Who does that? Man, this is... Easily, 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 my most anticipated of the year movie, for sure. Mm, Riddick, probably, but sure, yeah. <laughs> You're speaking for yourself, Brian? <laughs> sure, yeah. I think I made it clear. This this one is like, <laughs> this one, I man, I've had this one circled forever, and I yeah. can't believe it's the next year before I've, I've gotten to see it. Yeah. And it's been crazy. Has it, where did it rank on y'all's anticipation scale? Uh, uh, last, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, higher than the host, and then I don't know. Below now, uh, you see me though. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I was very been. Anytime the Coen Brothers are going to make a movie, I'm excited. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, this will be especially intolerable cruelty <laughs> <laughs> or the lady killers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this will be this will be a, a fun one to talk about. Um, this one applies to all of us. So. I, I'm really, really excited about talking about this one. So I'll stop talking about it now and we'll save it for later. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. There's so much to talk about. I can't decide where we should begin. Um, Brian, I know, I know you know this. Maybe. So there's a lot of Star Wars news, and since yeah. we are the official podcast of Star Wars, right? Uh, we are obligated to go over it. Um, Brian, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I might, but go yeah. ahead and. No, since you might, you I'm obviously breaking. do. I'm referring to uh, some casting rumors uh, for Star Wars Episode Seven. These guys, ah. and I'm not joking. This is the most juicy, juicy scoop casting rumors that we've okay. ever had. Can I get? Can I guess first? You can guess. You each guess. can guess one actor. I've that got a could whole cast involved. laid out. Uh, you give me okay. You can you can give it's me your, four actors. Four okay, actors. Okay, sure, I, sure. I, Brian, prepare cast. your names in your mind. Okay, okay. okay. Richard. Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Iowa Fisher. And <laughs> How dare you leave out close, close. With Ruffalo as the Sith. <laughs> Turns out he was a Jedi the entire time. He was <laughs> <He's> the <Jedi. laughs> uh, Brian, what what do you have any any guesses? I think I may have seen a couple of I'm these. I'm sure you have, yeah. So you, you sure have. 
I hope that it's Vin Diesel. This is ex- uh, close. Close again. Paul Walker? Oh. Close. Sorry. Close again, Richard. No. But he's but, in Jedi form, like ghost Jedi. He's in a ghost form. But, sure. he's, but he still that. has Converse or uh, Vans on? <laughs> oh, so distasteful. I love it. It's right at <laughs> the top. Um, Rest in peace. But the names I want to mention, guys, this is exciting, and I can't really hold it in any longer. Uh, Michael Fassbender, mm. possibly ah. attached. Hugo Weaving, perhaps mm. attached. Okay. And the most, uh, I think, legit rumor is Jesse Palmer, I believe his name is. Plemons. Plemons. There you go. Yeah. Jesse, Jesse Plemons from Breaking. NFL player. And yeah, there you go. Jesse, Je- brother of Carson Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the former <laughs> Bengals backup quarterback, good for him. Yeah. No, uh, Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, who right. is believed to be, uh, in fact, cast, if not um, rumored. Yeah. Rumble. Seemed like that one was pretty pretty legit. I would say I would go out on a limb and say that the other two are legit too. Okay. I can I can totally 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 see Abrams going for Fastbender um in a Jedi role. Like how awesome would that be? Um and I could totally see Hugo Weaving in a Imperial Sith role. Uh it's just a perfect fit for for my taste. Um, and as far as my my envision of the new Star Wars, uh, so what are your what are your what's your opinion on that? Well, I, th- I heard that that Abrams really wanted to bring um, the battleship vibe to <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Kitsch is next. So. Yeah, um, no, I think that's fine. He's Texas's own, so we got to you know. I don't know if I buy this Breaking Bad kid though. I got to be honest. He's awesome. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night oh, Lights. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know his hey. work. And Battleship. Yeah. Brian does like Battleship. I don't know if we... I do like Battleship. I caught Battleship. Battleship. I did catch it uh, about a month ago. I don't know if we've talked about this, but we are... We're about to right now. I caught (laughs) it on HBO or something. Uh Uh-huh. Not the worst movie, but not good. Yeah. That's my... It's not a good movie. I I don't think I would call it a good movie, but it was crazy enjoyable. Like, I really... It has I mean, so you can do worse. Every time I've watched it, I've I've been like, okay, this is fun. I it's it's stupid. But I'll it's, never I'll never pay money ride. to see it. I will never see, seek it out. Like you uh, can borrow my Blu-ray copy. Ooh, That's fine. Cool. Wow. But can we'll I be talking about Peter Berg in a couple weeks. <laughs> I, I can imagine talking about Mr. Berg. But go yeah. ahead. Sorry, Richard. No, I was going to actually ask to borrow it because I haven't seen Battleship. I want to. I, it seems like I would like it. It's fun. It's not a good movie, but it's. It's yeah, I, I totally understand though because everybody has guilty pleasures. Like yeah. I like Transformers. Sure, I've I I viscerally I like, enjoy the Transformers movies. I don't think they're good. I don't I don't think they're good, but I will see them. You know, and you know what's uh, weird it's about a Transformers? Thing for me. Kent is that that third one is the weirdest movie I've ever seen because the first hour to hour and a half is probably the worst hour of a movie ever and then all of a sudden michael base is like all right now that i'm done trying to prove that shia labeouf is a legitimate uh actor now we're just gonna blow stuff up for two hours and it's fun for those last two hours like it's pretty solid but what are you doing for for the uh the beginning of that sorry transformer talk just took over but uh good segue into shia labeouf 
Yeah, can't. But but Richard, I've been in mourning over hear, the. I've been in mourning over his thoughts. retirement for the past few days. I needed to <laughs> get out of my depression. But what, Richard? Sorry. On Transformers, I love the oh, first on Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, Star Wars. I was going to go deep into. I don't care. I'll talk I mean, Star like, Wars in a second. But what were you going to say about Transformers? I love the first Transformers, but I don't. I haven't sure. even seen the other two. The other two um, are bad. They're legitimately bad, but I yes. did see them. I and um, I will see the the one that's coming out this year with Wahlberg. That that's that piques my interest more than the Shia LaBeouf ones ever did. Did even. you guys know that Pete Berg uh, wrote this uh, uh, part of the screenplay of this new uh, Brett Ratner Hercules movie? Anyway, sorry, these are things you learned. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but uh, you know, on the Star Wars, I you know I have total faith in this like uh, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars enterprise, and I have total faith in Abrams. If you told me they were casting, literally. The, the cast of now you see me, I would be fine with it. So <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I, I you know, it's well, not they're that all good actors. That's a horrible example because they're all legitimately good. That's actors. true. That's true. Okay. Well, if you told me you were casting, you know, the cast of twilight or something, I, okay, I would, there you go. I would have faith yeah. Fa- or, or faith or is sure. when you add an eye to it, it becomes faith. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's not that I don't care. I just like, it all is not, I'm numb to it all because I, I really think this is going to be cool or it's going to suck, but I don't think the cast will matter. Yeah, I yeah. agree. There's another, at, there's, what are you going to say? Sorry. I'm at this weird place. I was talking to a friend about Star Wars today. I'm at this weird place where I almost don't even need this movie to be good in a strange way. Like, obviously, I want it to be good because I'm such a Star Wars nerd that. Um, I, I, I'd want it to, you know, kind of live up to the, the first trilogy, but there's a part of me that is just so excited to be able to spend more time in this universe that as long as it's not terrible, like the prequels are for the most part, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be okay. And, and that's a strange, for me, that's a strange place to be in. Um, but I'm just really genuinely excited about being involved with star Wars again. Strangely. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to segue this, the casting rumor into, um, there's some, there's another star Wars related rumbling rumor. That's even more exciting that I want to talk about. Uh, you know how previously, and I don't remember which episode one of you guys might remember where we talked about the split between, uh, JJ and Michael aren't, and we were wondering about the reason behind it. Yeah. Um, well, the latest rumor behind the reasoning behind it, uh, this is according to uh, Variety, I believe, uh, who had this story. Um, they say in Arndt's script, uh, it, it focused on brand new like kid, like Luke and Leia's kids as the main uh, actors in the movie. And um, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Luke Skywalker in supporting roles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, J.J. wanted Harrison Ford, Luke Skywalker, and Carrie Fisher in the lead roles with the new characters in supporting roles. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's happening. Okay. Uh, the script is being rewritten with the original cast of Star Wars in the lead roles for, uh, for Star Wars 7. He says he wants to give them a proper send-off. Uh, before the new characters well, get their own Star Wars film, so he's going to sort Ewok of party is not a proper send off. <laughs> I guess not. No, uh, a send off in their old age, and and this is going to introduce the new characters and supporting roles, okay. which is not necessarily the the worst idea I've ever heard for <clears throat> Star Wars. 
And um, I'm excited about seeing a freaking Han Solo for an entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because the worst thing that could happen, and J.J. probably knows this too as a director, the worst thing that could happen is people would leave Star Wars 7 and be like, there was not enough Han Solo or Luke Skywalker in that movie, you know? Yeah. You, you're never going to say that about the kids or whatever. You're never going to say, well, there wasn't enough kid in that movie. So you, so if you flip it, you're safe. You're more, way more safe the first time around. So you can sure. at least mm-hmm. gauge the public's perception of these new characters. They need to be recast or whatever. So imagine this movie with freaking Harrison Ford as Han Solo and Luke and Leia in their original roles. Chewbacca, I'm assuming, you know, R2-D2, <laughs> C-3PO, all original, plus Fastbender and plus Hugo Weaving and all these people that we've been talking about rumor. Man, this is going to be – this is – I mean I am – What do you think we'll right get now. some hard announcements for things, right? Cause uh, very out. soon. I, I, yeah. I think we're going to get like a teaser trailer, something in the next – within the next six months, I would say. Cool. There were rumors like last fall. Like there was a rumor that it was – there was going to be a teaser attached to Thor uh, for a while. Then there might have at one time been one, but they Disney pulled it because it leaked or something. The fact that it was going to happen. Like apparently they shot one with Mark Hamill already. Um, so that's crazy. And apparently this is a crazy rumor. Apparently there's a full-size Millennium Falcon somewhere <laughs> that J.J. Abrams had built for the movie. Like in some warehouse somewhere in you know England or, or wherever, there is a Millennium Falcon there that's waiting to be used for when production starts up here in the next couple of months. So wow, a lot of Star Wars news. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, like I said, production is is ramping up here very very soon. So a lot of what stuff if, is going to be. What if they about. took the uh, that sizzle reel from Jurassic World and then just stamp <laughs> Star Wars Episode Seven at the end of it? Would that be cool? You know what we should do? Good with that? We should do that. <laughs> We should um, make a fake sizzle reel for Star Wars Seven and throw it on the internet, and leak it, and see get the fanboys all up in arms. That would be fun. Yeah. I would like to. I would like to mess with some Star Wars fanboys <laughs> if we could do like a like edit some Star Wars footage together or something in a clever way or something. <laughs> that would be that would be quite funny. Uh, but Brian, what are your thoughts on the um, the new plot line? I guess for Star Wars Seven. I, uh, I'm good with it. Uh, I like, you know, I like all his characters, obviously, and I want to see them, um, as much as possible, I think. Um, it is a risky bit because, I don't know if you've seen them lately, but both Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill look terrible, so... They've been working out for, like, literally a year since... I I hope that they've really been pushing it, because it's... If they're going to go that route, and I mean, let's I mean honestly, I love Mark Hamill, and I I, I respect greatly um, the the career path that he's taken because he's really transformed himself and done a lot of great work. But it hasn't been acting, so I mean, it hasn't been acting on screen Voice anyway, acting, yeah. for the most part. So I don't know. And he was let's I mean let's be honest, he was never the the greatest actor of all time anyway. So um, is that going to is that going to go well? You know, is that going to translate? It's a risky thing. I think JJ knows that. Right. I think he I, knows that Hamill's not a great. I mean, he's going to use Harrison Ford like Harrison right. Ford. It's going to be a know? lot of Han Solo. Yeah, I would, I would guess. And then just these well, it's other, Han and Leia's kids. So you're going right. to get Han in the lead role with 
Leia, obviously, who is a trip now. She's crazy now. Yeah, so no is. telling what she's going to be like in this film. Yeah. Plus Luke in a probably a neighbor kind of role, you know, like um, training them or like their boss kind of thing. Or there's so many so many possibilities here. Yeah. I, I think it is both the right move to make and a risky move because if you don't uh, asking these guys who haven't done much in the last you know however many years to to carry a film if they if they get meaty roles could be dangerous but I think that it's the right thing to do because I think it's the best way to transition to you know for lack of a better term to the new class of of Jedi and, and whatever else. Um, I think that's the, I think it's the right way to go. I definitely do think though, that it's a, it could be a, it could be a risky move. God, man, I just, but I'm excited. We're going to get on this podcast in 2015, the, probably the morning or day after we see this movie. And if it sucks, sucks, guys, it's going to be, the internet might explode. I'm just warning you. It's I gonna, like Star Wars. Yeah. I know, but I you're but, but you're not a junkie like no, not you know, and that's fine. I don't, you know, you're better off for it. No, I wouldn't say that. I, wouldn't say I, I would I certainly have my things. <laughs> sure, sure. That yeah. Kurt Vonnegut biopic is going to be a big day for you. So how dare you, <laughs> Richard? What is your favorite? Like Star Wars is my like. Anything ever that comes out Star Wars, I'll probably see, like movies wise. What's like that for you? Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned tra- you're not like that with Transformers. You just mentioned, no, but I, I don't what, know what I like have, franchise is like? Yeah, you're just a like all in, like from day one, ever since you were little. You know. Wow. Um, See, if nothing I, comes to mind, there's no, got to be nothing, you know? No, there, there really isn't. I was like a weird – yeah, no, there's nothing. Um, no, sorry. Richard, I, Richard was a weird kid. So Yeah. You know, really Star Wars great. might be like the first real movie I ever saw in my life. Like that wasn't a cartoon. I, mean. I can tell you that I distinctly remember seeing Star Wars for the first time. It wasn't the yes. first movie I saw. Um, that, of course, was nine and a half weeks, but uh, – <laughs> Out of weird, no, uh, no, but I do remember like getting the VHS of Star Wars and being super excited because I'd heard the hype from my older like stepbrothers, and then uh, watching it and being completely blown away. But as a kid, um, liking Return of the Jedi the most, which yeah. is weird. Because, yeah. but I think that's normal for like a. No, it's totally, yeah, absolutely. Return of the Jedi was my favorite movie for like. When I was a little kid, it was yeah. it was my favorite. Then, yeah, New then, Hope has become my favorite over time. Okay, is not, and not Empire Strikes Back. I thought that was no. Sort of Brian like, is probably Empire. Probably no, yes, I, right? I Star Wars is my favorite. Empire Strikes Back is the best one in my opinion. Okay, okay. mine's uh, Attack of the Clones. Shut up! Get off this podcast. <laughs> no, I think no. I I really do. I love those movies, but I I you know I haven't seen them in a long time. I I'm really trying to think of what my thing was as a kid. I really liked The King and I. <laughs> All right. Big fan of Yul Brenner. <laughs> sounds Super. weird, but I was really into like um, old TV shows, like TV Land TV shows yeah, when I was too. young. Like I Love Lucy. I've seen every single episode of I Love Lucy. I was a and TV Andy Griffith, like 
every old like sitcom, Leave it to Beaver, I've seen it all. Like I lived off those when I was younger. Like that was what I was. I was a TV nut much more than movie nut as a kid. Yeah. And then I transitioned in high school. It's kind of when I like discovered um, movies. But I'm trying to think like the the series of movies. I've probably seen the most. What was the movie that you saw, Richard? Uh-huh. That like changed it. Like when I saw Star Wars, I was yeah. like, anything is possible. I want to. I want to be involved in the the bigger picture of you know music, movies, you know mm-hmm. the media, like yeah. the big guys. You know you that's know, that's when uh-huh. I, my eyes are opened. Like what what movie did you see that where it was like now I get it. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm trying to think. Like I, I loved um, a lot of comic stuff because I was like really obsessed with comedy as a kid, uh, and still am to a certain extent. So I think it would be like something awful, like The Mask or something. <laughs> Is that like Ace Ventura like, or something? Yeah, maybe? it was yeah. something like that. And then um, Home Alone, maybe Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah, and I remember the movie that like really transitioned me. It was kind of later on. I was probably like a freshman in high school when I was like. Um, started noticing how things were shot and noticing like really quality dramatic acting and like letting it kind of wash over me. The, the, uh, the Caprio movie, the, uh, the catch me if you can movie. Yeah. I remember when that oh, came out, yeah. like had a really big impact on me in terms of like really appreciating. And then I, and then my, you know, some of them you're related to Ken and, and some of them you just know, but like all my friends in high school were like got on this big film kick and through them is what I saw. Um, you know, all the Tarantino stuff and like all the, like Blake Brown showed me like Magnolia and that blew my mind. And then, and then most of which who work in the business now, oddly yeah, enough. Yeah. A lot of those Crazy. guys all work in the business. And then I kind of returned the favor by like showing people like Larry Sanders show and stuff like that. Like I was always a TV guy. And then, uh, when I got to college, I like kind of went in through like the really older stuff, like the seventies movies and things like that and kind of educated myself. But I never was like a movie kid. Um, like you guys were, um, and it, it hit me. I, I was a, a late adopter, unfortunately for me, because it, it, I have a lot of catching up to do. But, but uh, that being said, uh, those of you listening at home should listen to me as an absolute authority on all things. <laughs> so I never got what movie it was. It was Catch Me If You Can was the most transformative, the most, I guess. Like, yeah, I remember being yeah. like, "This is really a movie." Yeah, and then, I, and then there's just little things like it has still this day. Um, I remember there's weird moments I have. Like I remember seeing Inglorious in Bastards and being really blown away at the scope of it, and like even just that opening shot of the milk, the dairy farm, like blew my brain away. And yeah. then the love of acting in that show. I always watch things from an acting point of view because I always had interest in that. And so um, there's a lot. Gosh, you know, uh, Michael Clayton's a movie that I think is an absolute masterpiece. That like these are all later in life. I'm trying to think of stuff really early on. Uh, that that blew blew me away, but uh, there were always like smaller things. I always had you know I had really bad taste in movies as a kid. I think my favorite movie for a long time was Little Big League, which is about a kid that managed the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, yeah, I remember that movie. There was like a weird like kids playing pro baseball phase <laughs> yeah. and, with Rookie of the Year and that. And uh, yeah. well, what was the other one? Angels in the Outfield with yes. JGL. Yes, um, but. I went through a weird phase too when I was younger. Like, I think probably I didn't start thinking about movies critically like in my adult years, like post high school, until like The Dark Knight came out. Sure. And that was when I was like, wow, these movies can be good too. 
Like what? there's there's more to a comic book movie than comic books, you know? Like because um, the, the Spider Man movies were fun, but they weren't. Yeah. they didn't necessarily take it to the next level. It just showed me that a comic book movie could be dramatic, a drama could be funny, you know? Like yeah. sure. a movie could be more than one thing on that level, and um, that movie just changed my life again. Like Star Wars and The Dark Knight, those two, and Jurassic Park too. Yeah, um, that was a big Jurassic Park. You know, that's probably the, the movie of my childhood, you yeah. just said. That's probably the one that, like, in terms of not necessarily being interested in filmmaking, but just being kind of whisked away to a world of wonder um, that you guys kind of talk about with Star Wars, it was probably Jurassic Park for me. Yeah. There's I grew up on – I said I grew up on cartoons. Uh, Peter Pan was my favorite movie. Like, I the D- VHS tape, like, broke five times. All I watched, you know – when I was really, you know, yeah. starting to to learn was Peter Pan. Same. Peter Pan Disney and movie. Little Mermaid, my jams. And, and I love dinosaurs too. Like, you know, like every little kid, five year old or whatever. And so when I got older, Steven Spielberg released Hook in '92 and uh, Jurassic Park in '94, I believe. Three or three, yeah. So those I, two movies, like. When I was obsessed with the two things I was obsessed with was Peter Pan and dinosaurs. Yeah, and Spielberg comes out with movies about Peter Pan and dinosaurs. I was like, that was when I was like, oh my gosh, what? I, I sat by myself in the theater. I wouldn't let my parents even sit by me. I was like eight. I'm not kidding. I was like, go away. I want to do this alone. Uh, but wow, Jurassic Park. I remember so I was transformative. To like a birthday party. Uh, where they were playing Hook. And I, I don't know why. I, I, listeners, I apologize that we're like even talking about this. Hopefully you'll, you'll relate. Uh, but I remember I was invited to a birthday party where they where Hook was playing. It was at the mall. I think it was the North Hills Mall movie theater. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, and uh, which It's is not now, a nice area if you're not from yeah, this area. <laughs> there you go. And now at Hooters. Yeah. But uh, I remember I used to have this weird thing where I would like – I couldn't um, – if I went to a movie and it was already dark, it freaked me out. <laughs> I, I had to have the lights go down while I was in there. Sure. Otherwise, okay. yeah. treachery was afoot. And uh, at this point, might as well party, be a forest. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so we went into uh, the theater, and I was a little already on edge because it involved the ocean with Hook. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, uh, lights already out. Not doing this, mom. But, but. I don't want to leave the birthday party. So you and I are going to walk around this mall. <laughs> and we did my mother's undying credit. And then when all the kids came out, I was like, that was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Pretended like I, I saw the movie. It hooks a really long movie. Yeah. And so thanks, Mom, for that one. I appreciate it. I, I, I didn't lose face around my you know six-year-old friends. Yeah. Um, transformative films, Brian? Any come to mind? Yeah, Star Wars. Not adult have- titles, please. Right, yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep it clean for the kids. Now, uh, I watched Star Wars, a, I don't know, at least 100 times when I was a kid. I mean, I constantly watched it, so that was huge. Uh, Jurassic Park, you guys mentioned. Um, Shawshank Redemption was the movie that changed uh, film for me as far as like what film could be and how important uh, film could be. Um, In its original run or... I saw it on a VHS tape, so okay. probably it came out. That came out in '94, so probably sometime in '95. Um, I've got a, a friend who his parents, my parents, we taped everything off of TV, right? So 
but his parents would buy all the VHS tapes. I think they were in like Columbia house or something. Uh, you know, remember that stuff where you could order the, yes. like wow. the membership or whatever. Anyway, uh, the they had, yeah. Yeah. So they always had great movies and, uh, we watched Shawshank one night and that was like, Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I was probably, if it was 95, I was 12 years old. So that was like a, a waking up moment of, I guess, you know, this is a, uh, you, you start to understand like the significance of movies. It's not always just to entertain. Sometimes it's, it's to tell a very important story. And so that was a big deal. I mean, and Honestly, the other thing that was a huge influence on me was uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, I watched, we had a copy of that that was, I'm sure, edited um, off of, uh, you know, PBS or something. But I watched it from the age, probably like age eight is when I watched it for the first time. And I bet I did not go a week without watching that for for many years. I watched it constantly. And I think it had, hopefully had a great influence on understanding comedy because there's a lot of Monty Python stuff that's really not funny honestly but um when they were good when they were on their game they were doing stuff that really nobody else was doing at the time so I think that opened me up to the comedy side of things for sure yeah um guys it is it is 2014 and this is the last thing we'll talk about before we talk uh talk about Inside Lewin Davis uh 20 years have passed since uh, one of the greatest years in the history of cinema, 1994. Mm. Uh, so I just want to name off a few movies that are turning 20 this year. Yep. And, um, some of these might surprise you. And this is all in one year. Yep. Uh, I just want to remind you that. All of these movies came out in 1994. Uh, the Lion King, mm. Forrest Gump, True Lies, The Mask, Speed, the Flintstones movie, which American <laughs> Treasure's Gone Goodman, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Interview with the Vampire, Clear and Present Danger, Pulp Fiction, Stargate, The Santa Claus, Maverick, Legends of the Fall, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3, <laughs> uh, Cabin Boy, <laughs> wow. um, Iron Will, you might remember that. Yeah, Ace Ventura yeah. Pet Detective, 1994. Blank Check. Remember Blank Check, guys? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- <laughs> Blank Check. Wow. Um, Major League Two, 1994. And that was all in uh, the first two months of 94. I'm still going down. Wow. Um, uh, Three Ninjas Kick Back. <laughs> Pretty awesome. City Slickers 2. 94. (laughs) Little Big League, Richard. That was 94. Angels in the Outfield was 94, too. Baby's Day Out. Free Willy, maybe? Is that 94? I don't think so. I think Free Willy was a 93. Remember North, the Rob Reiner movie? Yeah, with uh, Elijah Wood. Terrible. Yeah. Um, And Jason Alexander, yeah. Airheads, 94, guys. Wow. The Little Rascals, 94. Blank Man. Oh, 1994 guys. underrated American classic with Dag and the best Wayne's brother, Damon camp nowhere with Christopher Lloyd. Remember that? I don't know what that is. My wife is obsessed with that movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. We have a copy of it on DVD. Seriously. Weird. Natural yeah. born killers with American treasure. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. 1994 milk money. Melanie Griffith. Remember that movie? Nope. <laughs> the next karate kid. 94. Hmm. Wow. Was that the one with Hillary Swank? I don't know. Yeah. Yes, it was. Hillary Swank. 
Wow. How did you, I haven't seen that. It's uh, weird when Mr. Miyagi pulls the plug on her at the end. <laughs> that is weird. It's kind of crazy. Didn't see that coming. Three, pe- three people got that yeah, joke. I got you. I got you. Strong. Uh, quiz show, 94. Great movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. a good movie. Very underrated. Uh, it was nominated that year, but it got quite overshadowed, if you haven't already, can already tell. The Scout. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Albert Brooks. What's his name? Uh, Steve Nebraska. Perfect, the perfect, Brandon perfect Fraser? game. Yeah. Yeah. Have y'all ever seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible, but uh, yeah. Ed Wood, 94. Well, I just had Brendan Fraser as a pitcher. <laughs> Remember The River Wild with Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Meryl Streep. That was 94. She Crazy. got nominated for an Oscar, right? I'm just kidding. I'm sure I'm... she did. <laughs> I think so. Little Giants, 94. And mm. strong year for kids' movies. Yeah. It was. And we were all kids. I guess, Brian, you were like thir- 31. At Little the time, right? This, yeah. Miracle on 34th Street uh, came out that year. Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, <laughs> oh, 94. Okay. Wow. The Page Master. Oh, yeah. Great film. Sure. Uh, IQ with the Walter Matthau. Remember that one? Meg Ryan. <laughs> with Watch Einstein. that on, Watch that on an airplane. Yeah, sure. Street Fighter with Van Damme, 94, yeah. guys. Uh, and Raul Julia in his last yeah, role. Yeah. Do you think he's proud of that? That's his last movie. <laughs> he couldn't have died right after Adam's Family Values or something. And uh, the last one, <laughs> last one I'll mention is what was uh, Raul Julia like? What race was he? <laughs> nobody knows. That's the mystery. I'm looking that up now. <laughs> they didn't tell anyone just so we would he talk just- about it. Oh, he's Puerto Rican? That would have, that was low on my list. Yeah. I, I would not have gone Puerto Rican. Um, Richie Rich, 94 guys as well. Uh, yeah. And well, that's uh, probably important Macaulay Culkin piece. And no. uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks. Uh-huh. And the aforementioned Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Greatest movie of all time, by my vote. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. But well, hey, Forrest Gump's awesome. So yeah, it should totally have won Best Picture that year. Yeah. Oh, wait. Totally. And Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. That was only in Japan. Would so. you be okay if Pulp Fiction had won, Brian? Yes. Or yes, what about sure. Lion King? Yes. Okay. Just I'm, not, I'm with you on that. I agree. I'm not, not, a, not a Forrest Gump person either. So. Yeah. Brian hates Forrest Gump. I do. I'm not a huge fan either. I felt I like Walter Mitty was trying to be Forrest Gump. I wouldn't hate it near as much if it hadn't won Best Picture in the year in which – Obviously, as we just said, it's a great year, and for me, it's the, the greatest movie of all time. Came out, so yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. It was a strong year for sure. Like a crazy, crazy, crazy year in '94. Those all those movies, guys, are turning twenty this year. Incredible. Great. If we get a year in 2014 like that, wow! Well, I don't think it'll happen, but incredible that that's all and happened in 12 months. Um, yeah. Hey, but in 20 years, we could be sitting here talking about I Frankenstein. So yes, you know. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think 2013 will be a year we look back at, though. We're like, yeah, wow, 2013 that was, was awesome. great. Yeah. yeah, 2013, it was awesome. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. 
That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Um, it, all right, guys, let's move on, though. Yeah. I highly recommend Raul Julia's Wikipedia, if not just for his uh, profile pic, as, as it were, of him as Dracula. Oh. I recommend it to you both highly. <laughs> nice. Uh, on that note, let's move on. And let's talk about Inside Blue and Davis. Bolt singer with a cat. Is that part of your act? Every time you play a C major, you puke a hairball? Well, I, I, I teased that this was my most anticipated uh, movie of the year. And uh, I'm going to let you guys <laughs> go first. That's why I teased it. Uh, I want to. I want to get your thoughts, Brian. First, I know you recommended the soundtrack in a previous mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but give me your give me your Coen Brothers thoughts um, on their previous work. Where does this rank? Give me your initial thoughts first. Don't try not to go into specifics if you can. Okay. And uh, go ahead. I love the Coen Brothers. The older I get, the better they get too. Um, I don't think I appreciated what they were doing in my early twenties. When I really started the first like real Coen Brothers Odyssey, um, but the older I get, the more I I get their movies. I guess I always loved Raising Arizona, which is kind of a weird. I think that's like one of their forgotten movies in a lot of ways. Like people don't you don't bring that one up when you think of the Coen Brothers. But like at a young age, I had a great love for Raising Arizona. Yeah, um, this first one I saw. Yeah, but then. I I fell in love with the Coens with uh, with No Country for Old Men, and that was okay. when I wow. like revisited like Miller's Crossing and Fargo and things like that um, because I think No Country for Old Men is a masterpiece. I I think that No Country for Old Men is the best movie of that decade, um, and I I mean it's just it's it's an incredible film, and I I loved every. Every minute of that movie, I love. Um, so that kind of sent me back on a a, a, a revisit, and uh, 
I haven't revisited in a while. I'm actually a little sad that we're recording Lewin Davis tonight because I went and bought like I didn't have very many of their movies on on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever for whatever reason. I just I don't rewatch their movies a lot. I, I've rewatched Fargo obviously very you know several times. Um, but what about I Lebowski? Not, Where do you stand on Lebowski? I love Lebowski, but I I've only watched it probably two or three oh. times. Um, you gotta watch. Oh, I know, I know, and it's it's one that I think that's, that's, that's the one sinful, that like, everybody Brian. loves. Um, Say what you want about the tenets of national socialism, but at least it's got an ethos. <laughs> yeah, this aggression um, will not stand, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, anyway. That's one I picked up again. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it. Uh, rewatch it this week. Um, so I, oh, I kind of text us what you do. Okay, we'll do. Um, but anyway, we need to have a Lebowski watching party, guys. What yeah. are we doing with our lives? They had a quote <laughs> going on. They had about a quote along at uh, Alamo the other night. Did they? I really? almost went, but I had something That'd come up. That'd be annoying, up. though. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, because there'd be like douches just standing up. I know every line in the movie. And yeah, just saying everything. I want to see it with just uh, close knit. With let just let Richard Knight guide you, Brian. <laughs> sure. On the Lebowski yeah. journey. No, look, we need to go to Lebowski, Lebowski Fest. I just haven't watched it a hundred times, and I know most Lester people have. Like, if they love if they love the Coen brothers, that's the one that they've watched, you know, dozens of times. I just, I just haven't. So. Lebowski is worthy of a bonus episode sometime in the future. <laughs> oh, all right. Totally. Yeah, totally. I'm down with that for sure. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I'm not sure exactly where I'm, I would put this one on inside Louis Davis on this, the spectrum of, as far as like the best, um, I think no country for old men is their is their best movie. And then it's probably Fargo and Lebowski. And then you go from there. But, Man, I love I love this movie so much, and it it felt like as I was watching it, it kind of felt like I don't know, like sometime last year, Joel and Ethan got in touch with me via Twitter, probably, and came to my house and were like, "Hey, we we uh we want to make a movie, and we're we're kind of out of ideas. What could we make a movie about? What what would make you happy, Brian Gill? What would you want to see as a movie?" And I'd be like. I don't know, like 60s folk music <laughs> in New York. And they'd be like, all right, sweet, we'll do that. And then it was exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, you, you mentioned, Kent, you've been looking forward to this all year. It's highly anticipated. I had two. Um, Most you, anticipated was yeah, that. You, I mean, you guys both know whenever we look forward to a movie that much and for this long, you know, for literally an entire year plus whatever months when it was announced and such – um, there's almost always going to be a letdown, and there is absolutely no letdown for me with this. I love this movie. I love it, um, and I want to watch it 100 more times. Yeah, like right now. I want to be watching this movie right now. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. See you later. No, uh, it, it really felt like this was a movie that was made specifically for me, which is a weird thing to encounter. But man, I I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um. My uh, affection for the Coens uh, is hard to even quantify. Um, they're hands down my favorite directors. Um, I, I've probably said that before. I feel like I have. I feel like you guys know that. Um, the first movie I saw, Brian, you said yours was No Country. No, Raising Arizona was the first one. Oh, no okay. Country was the one that like that oh, changed your mind. Okay, I, I, I get it. I get where. Okay. Uh, the first one for me was Fargo. Okay. Um, I think Fargo is a masterpiece. Sure. Total, total masterpiece. I, I, I watch it so – I watch it every year religiously. Um, I try and watch it so few times because it's that good to me. 
because it's still amazing. You know, um, yeah. it's so quotable, and the performances are amazing, and the storyline is is edge of your seat um, um, excitement the entire you know from frame one to the to the last. Um, I I love love Fargo. Um, so after that, my uh, list would probably rank. Uh, Lebowski two, uh, No Country would probably be three. When I agree, um, No Country is just so much more uh, serious. I, I I hate to say serious because all of their movies are somewhat serious, but so much more like okay, we're gonna try to make a great film this time, a Oscar, hands down Oscar winner, and they did, you know, and they it won that year, beating out you know There Will Be Blood, which yeah, it's still a debate, but I I I think No Country for Old Men is is a masterpiece. I think I, I texted you guys. We we talked a little bit about this movie via text, and I said that the Coens ninety five percent of their movies. I mean, all their movies are good, but ninety five percent are masterpieces. <laughs> like you could name the Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty, Cruelty, and be like, yeah, that one was was fine. You know, A Serious Man. Okay, that one was good. But it's not like up to the caliber of of a lot of their other work. And I Garfield actually like Blood Simple also. a lot. And what? <laughs> Garfield also wasn't as great. <laughs> Garfield, the reverse Garfield. I love <laughs> that, that was a great joke. Yeah, I can't remember the joke, but um, that was funny. Uh, but I actually like Blood Simple a lot. Their first movie, and I I've grown to like Burn After Reading too, which doesn't get a lot of oh yeah, yeah a lot of play. That one's grows with age with me. I think Oh Brother Where Art Thou is incredible yeah. film too. I always and, for, for some reason forget it, even though I love it. I always forget I don't ever put it with the other sure. Brothers movies for yeah, some reason. Yeah, but and a lot of people don't. And that's why I need to mention it because it's on a, on a, in its own category really. It's very good. And it's um it's hard to compare with this one because they're similar in a lot of ways which we'll talk about, but uh man, Inside Lewin Davis was my most anticipated. Uh, Brian, you said this is exactly what you would want a movie yeah. about. Yeah. Like, dude, I lived this. <laughs> like, this sure. This movie is my life um, to a T almost. I'm, I live by myself. I have a cat and a, <laughs> and a guitar and a stack of records. Like, that's yeah. my life. Um, so, wow, this movie made me pretty emotional. Uh, in a lot of ways, I love the Coens, man. I just this movie is gorgeous. Uh, the tone, the cinematographer, which wasn't Roger Deakins, who does most of their films, he was doing Skyfall at the time when this was shot. Uh, but man, this movie looks looked incredible. Um, I felt the cigarette smoke on me <laughs> in the theater. You know, like I was smelling my jacket when I left. Like. Are you sure that somebody wasn't smoking in the theater while I was watching it? Because it just felt so real uh, sitting in the theater and watching the guys perform these songs. But uh, I, those are my initial impressions. I, I, I really like this movie a lot. And I'll, I'll talk about um, specifics. But I want to hear what Richard has to say before I go go any further. So, Yeah, I, I you know, I've lived alone with a cat in certain times <laughs> of my life. Uh, rest in peace, Corky. Uh, but, uh, you know, I grew up, you know, my stepfather was a folk musician in the sixties in this time. And I grew up with all this music and, uh, I learned how to play guitar by playing folk music 
I've heard every Pete Seeger and Bob Dylan album nine hundred thousand times. I've I've heard I've got Dave Von Ronk albums that you know who who this book was or this movie was based upon his books lightly. Um, you know, I have lullabies in my brain of Joan Baez. I mean, folk music is is I wouldn't say my favorite type of movie, but it's certainly the mu- music rather. But it's certainly the music I know the most about and have probably the largest catalog in my brain of the music. So I don't say this to, to boast. It's simply a, a measure of time spent <laughs> listening to something. But it's sure. uh, but it's. Because of that, I always say that to inform that that I was also looking forward to this a great deal. I I I, I don't want to. I you know, is there an echo on this podcast? Right. I was looking forward to this uh, quite a bit, and uh, and the Coens are are great. Wabaski's what uh, one of, if not my favorite movie ever. Yeah, give us your list. Wabaski's definitely one. I think that's like number the one. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's one, and it's probably my top three ever. Okay. Um, Fargo might be Fargo is in my top three ever for sure. Yeah. So here we, here we go. Here we go that one. Uh, I'm just sorry. I'm kind of, I, you know, a brother where out there might be two. Um, no country. No. Bart no country Fink. For, did we ever see that? Yeah, I love Barton Fink. I love that. Uh, no, I love, no country, that never gets mentioned either. But yeah, yeah, it's really good. No country for old men is two. Oh, brother, where out there three, and then. Oh yeah, that's probably it is a ghost. But I mean, the rest are all kind of tied for fourth. Did you guys see um, a serious man? Yeah, I did. I liked the serious man a lot. Yeah, I consider myself. You know, I have family that has come uh, uh, from Ireland through Canada into Minnesota and Pennsylvania. This is my family. Uh, But however, I consider myself an honorary Jewish person because of all. I just like Jewish culture and every, everything I like tends to lean uh, Judaic. And so a serious man really affected me related to it. I felt like it was made specifically for me as a, um, you know, Goyim Jew. Yeah. No, but I mean it seriously. Like, I, I think a lot of people didn't relate to that movie. For some reason I have this like affinity for Jewish culture and it made me like the movie a lot mm-hmm. um, that I don't think most people <laughs> – care about other sure. than me but i love that movie i think it's really good i think it's really uh that uh, who's the leading gut man in that he's really good michael St- uh stuhlbarg yeah Stuhl- i love, like, love that guy yeah. yeah yeah that guy's unbelievable in that movie he's a very yeah. talented actor richard yeah. have you i feel like we've talked about this before this is total tangent sorry sure ha- have you seen hugo the uh, scorsese no one that made no, i haven't Okay, yeah. Stuhlberg has, like, he's only in the movie for, like, five minutes, and it yeah. was the best five. And I love that movie. It's a, I think it's a very good movie. I he's really want to see part. it. And, and it's that. just really, anyway, that, that made me uh, think of that. But so good. Cool. So good. I'll check it out. He was in Blue Jasmine this year, too. Yeah, he was. And it was very good in that. Lincoln last year and Men in Black 3 had a great role in that, too. He's, yeah, he's, he's done good he's work. very good. And yeah. I want to mention True Grit, too. Which was 2010. I thought it was a strong movie. I don't think it's. Um, it might be, might edge out my top five Coens, uh, but since I had read the novel beforehand, which I rarely do, um, I didn't like it as much as I wanted to because of that fact, probably alone. Sure. Um, but it's a great movie. Um, but coming off of a series, I mean, No Country for Old Men, like the next real thing you do like of that nature was true grit 
Um, I thought Jeff Bridges was easily the best part of that of that movie. Mm-hmm. But their next movie um, it's filming right now is directed by Angelina Jolie called Unbroken. Yeah, which is, which is coming out this Christmas. Um, that could be interesting. It's a World War II movie about. Well, do we a, know why they didn't direct it? Was it because of Lewin Davis or no? It was Angelina's project. Like she had acquired the rights. She she had like read the book and was like, "I am directing this movie. If it's the last thing I do, like she okay. felt called to do it or whatever." And uh, the script, original script, didn't work out, so she hired the Coen Brothers to do it for her. Okay, which means it's going to be probably be a really dang good script. It's got Garrett Hedlund and some other yeah. newcomers in it. Which is weird to me because I always thought Garrett Hedlund looks so much like a young Brad Pitt. And obviously they he played the little cousin or whatever in, yeah. in Troy. It's um, about a, oh, it's yeah. about a um, an Olympian the, who gets uh, captured by the Japanese during World War II. So That's the Brad movie. better look out. She might be upgrading going with the newer model. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But their next movie after of their own, they have talked about. I don't know if you guys have heard. Um, it's no. called Hail Caesar. And it, oh, yeah. And it's, it's a comedy about silent movies or something, right? It's about – yeah, it's about like um, the somebody trying to make a movie about uh, the Caesar story. Um, I think George Clooney is attached yeah. maybe. He was attached for a long time, but I don't know if he still uh, is. I'm going to look thir- it up. It's a third – yeah. I'm reading about it right now. It's yeah. the third installment of what they call their Numbskull trilogy. <laughs> Which is, oh brother, we're out there on intolerable cruelty. Okay. So it's they're all with Clooney and they feature him as sort of a silly idiot. Okay, sure. So Hail Caesar, look for that, I guess, in the next two years, I would say. They'll probably film that later this year when they finish the script. But uh, that, that's exciting. But let's talk about more about Lewin Davis, enough about Coen's in general. Um, the music in this movie, <laughs> it's it's crazy that like, you know, this movie was up against Wolf of Wall Street and, um, you know, all American Hustle and the, and the like in the comedy musical category. I mean, this is a straight musical. Um, this is in a category of its own this year. Like, this, they should have given this movie its own award <laughs> because, um, like, doing a serious movie but also, a, like, a fun musical is pretty probably a pretty difficult thing to do. Um, like Les Mis? Sure. Yeah. Just kidding. No, you're right. <laughs> not not a funny movie at all. No, well, even though it was like even though it was like best picture nominated, I didn't feel it was When Russell Crowe sang it was as funny. serious. <laughs> and I didn't take it seriously. I mean, come on, it's it's like a play. But and this um it just felt so real to me. Um this character that they created Lewin Davis in his music and his life. Um, the opening scene was amazing at the at the gaslight where it's just mm-hmm. Lewin singing alone, um, pretty much in black and white. Very very little um, saturation in the color in this whole f- film, which I really enjoyed. But um, the thing I liked about the the songs, which we'll talk about specifically, which songs we lo- we loved in in a second. But I liked that they gave us the full length songs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They perform them and like you got to hear the songs from beginning to end. Like that makes such a big difference to me in a movie. Um, in a movie like say uh, Crazy Heart, for example, which the same writer wrote a lot of the songs for this one, T Bone Burnett. He yeah. he's just a great, um, great songwriter. But a lot of the um, um, songs in Crazy Heart 
I mean, they only give you half the songs. Or like he'll start playing, and you'll really start getting into the jam, and they'll cut it, and they'll go to a different scene. And I always sure. hated that uh, about Crazy Heart, even though I think the music in Crazy Heart is – I still listen to that music. And that music yeah. is incredible. And there's, I don't there's, know. It's a great song. Uh, falling and Flying, like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Like that's – I would listen to that from if Lord George Line list, uh, released it. But – it's <laughs> challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. They probably will. Yeah, they, they probably listen to this show. Featuring anyway. juvenile. <laughs> but it's um, the music. I can't say enough about the, how great the music is in this movie. Um, mm. It leaves off literally right where O Brother Where Art Thou left. I mean, it t- starts right where O Brother Where Art Thou left off as far as the music. It fits right in there. Um, the songs are just as catchy and good. Uh, the fact that you two. One best original song and please, Mr. Kennedy didn't is, uh, I mean, at the Golden Globes is offensive uh, to me. I think please, Mr. Kennedy scene with Justin Timberlake and uh, excuse me, what's his name? Um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I'm, I thought I was going to say Zach Levi. Adam Driver um, w- was so classic. You will see that scene in fifty years. <laughs> you know, yeah. Devil's that was Advocate just, though on that. That's a great scene. I don't know that it's a great song. Oh, song is song is it's corny as hell. Yeah, uh, th- that that's my that that's, be that's my what's point. funny I, about it. Uh, I agree, but I, but I don't I, just to play. I, I mean, I haven't even heard the U two songs. So I don't even know if it's any good or not. But I understand why that didn't win there because it's not. Well, yeah, I'm just saying it's a, it was a it was a at that moment in the movie. It was like when it all came together for him. And like if you're gonna if you're judging a on best original song on like like say the Muppet movie mm-hmm. last year, like Man or Muppet or two years ago, Man or Muppet was a great song. But yeah. it wasn't my favorite song in the Muppet movie. Like I sure. like the Life's a Happy song way more and I felt like that would easily win. Uh this is the same way. Uh but Man or Muppet did win. Like if the Oscars wanna recognize this movie and please, Mr. Kennedy's nominated. I'm fine with that if it wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, uh, sure. It's that, it's easily not my favorite song in the movie at all. Uh, right. But that but scene alone rest, was great. Pretty much every other song is like a traditional folk song, though. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, it, I don't think they're eligible. I think that's the big issue. Is you can't. I don't. I don't know why we're going down this path. Sorry. Uh, you, they can't be nominated because they're not. You know, they're not new songs. They're not original songs, which is a bummer because. There should be like some sort of exception, you know, and it's like, okay, I know this, you know, this song has been around for 50 years or whatever, but it's an imperative part of the movie. It's not just like we have this in the background. Like this is a real part of what's going on. So it should be nominated. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt the song that the main song of the movie, uh, Dink song, Mm -hmm. uh, is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Mumford doesn't amazing job with this soundtrack uh it's it's just a crazy thing like this has all come full circle for for marcus mumford um mumford and sons is who he's the band he's in if you didn't recognize his voice when you saw this film um he was inspired to start mumford and sons after he saw oh brother where art thou (laughs) and like heard the music and just fell for the timeless nature of it yeah and i really wanted to bring that back. I, I mean, not really bring it back. Um, but just really wanted to the public to embrace it more. And he said he wanted so- to write songs that f- 
felt necessary. That's the word that he used that stuck out to me uh, when with his Mumford music. Like every song that Mumford picks, like they write probably eighty songs, and the ones that they pick, they feel necessary. Uh, like the world wouldn't be the same without them. Like I don't, you can argue about their music all day, but that's how they feel about it. But coming full circle here. Like the fact that he's writing the music for a Coen Brothers film about folk music, yeah. you know, and that he's inspired by their uh, movie to start a band in the first place, and the fact that he's married to Carrie Mulligan, who is in this film, is is also mind blowing too. So it's just crazy, crazy involvement from from him. But I heard the guy from the Avit Brothers tried out for the lead role of of Lewin Davis, mm. which which could have been interesting. And yeah. they they also helped out with the soundtrack. The Punch Brothers did too, as well. So the well, soundtrack's great. Everyone knows that. Let's talk about the performances. Sure. Uh, Oscar Isaac, what did you guys think of him, Brian? Uh, he's he's magnificent. I I've seen him in so few things. The only thing I could really think of is is uh, I know he's in the Born Legacy, just kind of a bit part, <laughs> and he's in Drive. He's really good in Drive, but it's with you know, he's got a, Yeah, yeah, he's got a very small. Very small part in that. Um, I think you mentioned that the guy from the, the Avid Brothers tried out, and uh, I'm sure there were plenty of guys that were trying to get this role because it's the Coens and it's the lead role and all that sort of thing. I can't think of a single. I can't think of anybody that I'd want to replace him in this role. Like he is so good, and he is so. Um, he is to me. He and it's easier because we don't know him from so many things. So I think that was a, a good call by the by the Coens not to try to put. I don't know, like Jeff Bridges is not really a great example, but that sort of, you know, somebody that we know to put him into this role probably would have been a bad idea, bad idea but it's so easy. Be, uh, he makes it so easy, Oscar Isaac does, to see him as Lewin Davis, not as an actor portraying, uh, portraying the character. I thought he was outstanding. And the rest of this cast is great, too. Um, and in classic Cohen fashion, you know, all these guys that show up, for smaller roles from, you know, Carrie Mulligan to Justin Timberlake on down to American treasure, John Goodman and Garrett Hudlin, who is awesome. Um, all of them lines. Are, yeah. Yeah. And fantastic. Was, I mean, just, just I was like, so this good. guy's like James Dean. What's going yeah, on? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. And he's really good at it. Uh, what's the, uh, F Murray Abraham. Awesome. Love yes. that guy. Yeah. He's fantastic. Anytime you get to see him, it's a, it's, it's good. You know, you, it's exciting to me. Um, so the cast was awesome. Great Justin job. Timberlake. Holy crap. Hey, he did a great job. This is what great he should job. be doing. Yes. The two movies that he's made that he's done a good job there. He's been, um, a key part to a good movie are the ones where he's on, in the movie for, for 10 minutes, right? It's social network and inside Lewin Davis, like everything else that he's been in. That's not Saturday night live is bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean this, he's very good at this sort of thing. And I, I thought they used him, quite well but dude oscar isaac is awesome and i this is going to be a really tough year for anybody to get a best actor nomination i think for the oscars because it's just it's a stacked field not that it's ever light but man it's it's going to be particularly difficult this year he 100 percent deserves it and he sorry i have to I have to pause. I'm watching in time right now with Timberlake. I'm, I'm being swept away. <laughs> what were you saying? I had to pause it. It's okay. Oh, man. Uh, no, he, I don't know that's going to happen, uh, but he absolutely should get consideration as the uh, as best actor of the year. I mean, he was, Yeah. He, he makes the movie and it's, he's fantastic. Just you're, fantastic. You're probably right. 
uh, I don't think he will get a nomination. I, I, I don't see so he'd be the odd one out here. I, yeah, there's a lot of people vying for those five spots, so I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for him. And I, you know, depending on what the list is, if I don't know that we're going to be able to put up much of a fight because it's just there's so many guys that are deserving. But uh, man, his might have been. I wrote my like all my end of year list for my blog before I got to see this movie and her, and I I wish that I could go back and change that. And That's why I waited, bro, and add in all these <laughs> these things because he is. I mean, Lewis Davis would absolutely be in my top ten of the year, and his performance would would find a spot somewhere in that top three or four. I mean, he was magnificent. Yeah, um, Max Casella. As Poppy, the owner of the Gaslight. Yeah. Uh, always a good little character actor. Good to see him. He was in Blue Jasmine as well mm-hmm. this year. It was was good in that. He's the kid from... Uh, oh, Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser, yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, but he was he was cool. Supporting cast was great in this movie. I, I, I know I we've probably said that. John Goodman, always good to see American Treasure John Goodman and. Mm-hmm. In good Cohen Brothers work, uh, you can't complain there. I uh, would have liked more John Goodman. I mean, I would like to see John Goodman play some music. That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, but I like the, the performances here were great. Uh, all uh, Carrie Mulligan. I, I agree with you guys. I think we said in a previous episode that we don't care for. I mean, we care for her, but she's not a great actress. I think. Uh, is the opinion? She's not, like, I think she's charismatic. She's a very pretty true. girl, and or I'll me. give her that. But she's, I I don't see a lot of great work coming from her that justifies a lot of the work she gets. Uh, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I think she's very talented in sort of more demure roles. But when she's actually, did you see of, um, an education? I did, and I love she her. She's great in that. But ever since then, it's like. She just doesn't talk much, and like uh, her American accent just needs a lot of work. I think, yeah, um, that really held her back in a lot of the stuff she's done. Uh, but enough about um, let's let, enough about Carrie Mulligan's other work. Let's let's talk about specifically this movie. Adam Driver blew my mind when he did the. You, you don't I like the please, Mister Please, Mister Kennedy, when he was doing the space. <laughs> Outer space. I was, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. He's uh, so great on girls. Like, he's yeah. Just... Where did this guy come from? They they probably just found him randomly in New York one day or something. Yeah. Uh, Lena Dunham probably found him. Uh, what a random dude this guy is, though. Uh, did you guys oh. see Francis Ha? Yeah, I did no, actually. I just year. saw it. It was a 2012 um, movie, but it came out this year, I believe. Yeah, Noah Baumbach. Yeah, and uh, Greta Gerwig and yeah. Noah Baumbach's great too yeah. and we'll talk producer about steven's favorite director really wow my least favorite director yeah i know i know he is. <laughs> you, you, made, might like, you might like francis hall though actually it's a, I've lot said more. a cool little black and white pick I, you know i've said that to myself all three times with his previous movies and like oh this looks like it could be good and i've never finished one of them so I, <laughs> it's not nearly as much of a downer as, as the other ones i wouldn't say all right would you say yeah. can't? And it's a little more upbeat than his other and stuff. And Greenberg and stuff, yeah, yeah, um, definitely more than the Squid and the Whale. Yeah, but I mean, he's written stuff that's that's good. I mean, he he did Fantastic Mr. Fox. He's done Wes Anderson stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. Life Aquatic. 
yeah, I think he's he's got potential. But enough about Noah Baumbach for this podcast. Uh, let's. What, what did you did you dislike anything, guys? No, no. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, same. Cool. Uh, Me too. Um, <laughs> it's hard not to though. When, I mean, they're just these guys are just true professionals, and I love original work. I I made that clear maybe on previous episodes, but on this one, I like original screenplays and ideas. Even even though this is based loosely on Dave Van Ronk, um, they say it's not. I mean, all it is, the only thing that's based on him is that they read a little bit of his book and just to get ideas about this time period around this area in New York. And they they came up with the idea with the movie is what if Dave Van Ronk got knocked out outside a club? Yeah. In 1961. That's, that was the spark of the idea. And uh, so that's what – this is what we got from that idea. Uh, do you guys think this will be in contention for like a screenplay award or should it be? Is it among their best work um, writing-wise? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I think it's uh, – man, it's just so strong. This is such a great movie. I – I don't know how I don't know what the field is going to look like. I haven't really been paying attention to the writing fields so much just yet. But uh, I mean, this if if I had if I had a vote, you know, this would definitely be uh, be one of the five that I would I would put forward for sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, this man, I I hate every time they make a movie. I have to go reevaluate my entire Cohen thoughts because it just throws throws me for a loop every time a new one comes out. I'm like, oh, this might be the best. Same with Wes Anderson, too. Yeah. Uh, every movie comes out with, it's like, oh, this is the best thing he's done. Uh, but, man, I'm looking forward to Hail Caesar a lot. Um, anything you guys else you guys want to mention about Lewin Davis? Uh, there, I know there's a lot. I could talk another hour about this movie. And we'll talk a little bit more about it in our best of, best of the year episode in the couple, or actually next week. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. But any um, overarching thoughts that you just guys need to get out uh, about this movie before we move on? Love it. Go see it. Laugh during it, too, because the, the audience that I saw it with, it's like they'd never seen a Coen Brother movie before. And so I was the only one laughing. This is a funny movie. I mean, it's not like yeah. Anchorman funny, but there's a lot of the funny bit parts with like this. The, his manager and like, where's Cincinnati? It's over there. I can't yeah. find it. Like they're yeah. a little – Back and forth like that that the Coens always throw in. I was just that's so Fantastic. funny. It is. It's funny. It's okay to laugh. Like I, I felt like I needed to stand up at the back of my theater and say, "Hey, where's the scrotum, Lewin? It's Where it's okay. It? It's okay to laugh at this. It's fine." So I got <laughs> literally. I had people look like turn around and look at me when I laughed during one of these things. I was like, I, "What? What's going on here?" Anyway, <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a strange. You know that when he uh, when he wakes up in the apartment and and uh, the the army guy is sitting there eating cereal, which is yeah. fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. And he says, you know, what do you do after this? Do Try you, not to you, wake anybody up. Yeah, do you he go plug in fire. somewhere or whatever? We yeah, basically, are, you know, are you a robot? I laughed. I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Literally, two people sitting three rows in front of me turned both of them and stared at me. It was I, okay. Anyway, great movie. Go see it. Laugh at it. It's it's okay. I'm giving you permission. Yeah. Um, what is your grade? A plus. Richard. A plus. Cool. I'm going to go A plus too. And it's going to be it's going to be tough to come up with my best of the year list. Yep. This is the I'm literally going to have to think about it for a week. Uh because it's going to be forever etched in stone in this podcast. So, got to make right. it good. 
Um, but, uh, alright guys. Well, let's move on and let's uh, knock out some weekly recommends before we get out of here. Weekly recommends. Alright, my weekly recommend this week will interest both of you guys, I know for sure, and our listeners too, if you've gotten this far and if you're a fan of this show. Uh, an HBO series has kicked off this past week, which stars none other than American treasure Woody Harrelson and his counterpart, Matthew McConaughey. Mm, yeah. Uh, called True Detective. And man, this show is, it's a mini series actually, it's not a show. I think it's only going to be uh, maybe less than five episodes or something. But man, this show is awesome. Really dramatic show where they're cops together in Louisiana, like sort of private eye cops. Uh, and they sort of have to uh, solve this crime. Uh, but the show starts out with like um, an interrogation sequence, um, a video, like a pre recorded interrogation sequence. And that's set in the present. And it's Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, who has long, raggedy hair, talking about something that just happened. Um, a crime that had just happened and then it flashes back to them as when they were cops together and so you so I guess the big question is did Matthew McConaughey's character commit this crime or did somebody else do it because we know that Matthew McConaughey goes insane eventually but did he commit the crime did he commit crimes along the way or what so you sort of see Matthew McConaughey go from a cop to an insane person uh, through the course of this miniseries Um, you watch the pilot it's freaking awesome it could be a movie i'm surprised this wasn't a movie actually it's the best work that matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson have done together since since ed tv i can confirm <laughs> that <laughs> i've been waiting a long time for an ed tv joke and it's a classic it's classic a jen elston classic yes exactly oh. but true detective i can't believe you guys didn't see this already i, I did i saw it last night right. you saw, saw it what'd you night. what'd you think i i thought it was a little slow but I mean, I'm willing to Dude, stick it's, with it. It's the first episode. This is I know it's this is a five hour long thing. So that's fine. Um, I'm on board though. Anything with those two guys, I'll, I'll take. Um, I'll take any day. So Richard, go ahead. Week recommend. My week recommend. I'm going to stay on the on the. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier. I'm going to stay right on it. I'm going to go Big Lebowski. If you haven't nice. seen it, could recommend it highly. Great film. Funny. One of the funniest movies ever. The, one of Cohen's probably their most pure comedy, right? I can't. Yeah. I mean, oh brother, our doesn't. Raising Arizona's. Raising Arizona, maybe, but yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're there. You're there. Yeah. So Lebowski, uh, won't even spoil it for you. Just enjoy the ride. Laugh a laugh a second. Enjoy. Brian, your weekly recommend. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the movie I came out earlier this year. I don't think we talked about. Maybe, maybe I, I did. I don't think y'all saw it, but uh, called Fruitvale Station. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, Michael B. Jordan uh, had early like major Oscar buzz, and then it just got swallowed up by the uh, the machine that is uh, the late late season in the movie universe. Um, I had some problems with the movie as a whole. I I don't think that it clicked uh, altogether the way that they that the way that uh, it obviously it wanted to. Um, but Michael B. Jordan, who if you don't know is from is, was on shows such as The Wire and Friday Night Lights he's and Parenthood. He's uh, yeah yeah he's he's a very very talented actor. He's definitely he's got an Oscar in his future. I would say um, it's a very it's got a it's it's a social issues sort of movie. Uh, it's based on a true story. And it's worth seeing just for just for his performance. Like I said, I, I don't love the movie, and I, I would like it to have done 
done things differently and handled its subject matter differently. But uh, but Michael B. Jordan is just is fantastic and got consideration from me for like my ten best performances of the year. Um, and I guess has like very very out outside chance at at an Oscar nod. So um, it just came out on DVD Blu-ray today. Uh, so check it out, Fruitvale Station. Sweet, good recommend. I will check that out. I've been meaning to for a while. Is there anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here? That's it for me. Alrighty, guys. It's been good. It's been fun. It's been good and fun. Uh, but until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Bye. See ya. Goodbye. Without the one you love, Honey, fare thee well.